Hey guys, this is Crazy Juicy Love Entrepreneurial Series. I'm going to be talking with top CEOs, creators, top entrepreneurs, and they're going to be sharing their mistakes, tools, tips, and insights to get you to get out of your bed and have a career that you love. This is Crazy Juicy Love Entrepreneurial Series. Um, yeah, just been busy working on just like the podcast and coaching and just trying to get it up off the ground, you know, just uh, putting some learning how to put structures in place, which is like, and creating plans and stuff like that. It's been like, is it, is that, is that tough to do? Like being a relationship coach to set, to set parameters to where it's like, you know, it's business. And then it's kind of like. You ever have those people who are almost like too needy or um, like, you know, contact you in the middle of the night, like, hey, having a you know, fight with my my boyfriend or girlfriend <laughs> or whatever. Like, can you help? And you're like, man, you don't know what time it is. Like, <laughs> what you mean? Can I help? Well, um, it's not that tough. I mean, I only had that happen once where she was in a relationship already with someone and like, um, I, in my mind, I knew it wasn't going to work just the way what she's already was creating and then how he was already wasn't going to work. So she, it was just her really getting present to he doesn't fit into what she wants to create and just her owning up to it and speaking out and say what matters to her. And so I was actually <laughs> coaching someone, another group of people that she texted me, I need to talk to you like right now. And oh I was like, gosh. okay, uh, I have 10 minutes, I can talk to you. And she's like, I'm about to have a talk with him. I need, I need coaching, I'm in a crisis, like, what do I say? And, and, I, and I was like, well, I can't, I can't tell you what to say, but it has to come for you. So I, all I did was, uh, read her intention of what she wanted to create in her love life. And I said, does he fit within what you're trying to create and what you're standing for? She said, no. I said, okay, then what's the conversation? Like, there is no doubt. I said, bottom line, he is emotionally unavailable and he shuts you down whenever you try to be vulnerable with him. Yeah. And that was the truth. And so I said, you need to create with him. And if he doesn't want to step into that, then you have a decision to make. Um, and so that's what she did. And they broke up. And then actually the next every the next day, um, he, well, a week passed and she went on a coaching call. She said that when he was at work the next day, he told a friend what happened that she broke up with him. And then the friend said, because you're emotionally unavailable and you don't listen. And I've been mm. telling her that the whole time. I said, he doesn't listen to you. I, uh, I think that, I think that's the key though. Like what you just said is so many people want to know like, well, what do I say? You know what I mean? Like they want, like, there's just like, like almost like, you know, you know, what's that like bibbity boppity boo, you know, like something's going to happen, but it's, it's not like, you can't just say the right words and like something magical is going to happen. It's like you have to like you have to figure out what you're what you're feeling. It's got, it's got to come from you. It's like you can give them all the words in the world 
but it doesn't matter. It's not going to change the situation like that's unless that's what they believe. Right. It has to come from them because it's the very it was the very thing that was stopping her in her love life anyway, because she was not articulating her needs. She was not saying what she wanted, she, like with men, with her family. It was just all over her life. So it had to start with her because she had she had to build them also, not me. You know, so mm-hmm. it was just like she it was just her opportunity. And although I said, I know it's scary and but this is what it is. Yeah. Like this is your opportunity for growth. And it's, I'm, it may not look pretty. It may not come out the way you want it to come out. But you have your intention and what you want to create. And either this person steps into it or not, you know, yeah. um, and that's, that's, some, that's some truth right there. We're already, we're already getting started in the podcast before getting started. Gonna... <laughs> how's your day? How was how was your weekend and everything? It's it's good, man. I I think the, probably the best thing that I've uneventful weekends are the mo, are for me are like the new my new eventful weekends like the the least amount that I can do or socialize. I think for me for me is the better. Like when Monday comes around, I'm like. All right, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. Versus before, I was like, you know, like, ah, oh, where's everybody going out? We getting drinks? What are we doing? Yeah. And by the time Monday comes, be like, oh my gosh, I'm tired from the weekend. Like I'm more tired from the weekend than from from work. <laughs> I hear so, you, it, but it sometimes it's well deserved, you know. <laughs> oh man, dude, yeah, it's just kind of like it's just just enjoying, you know, like longboarding. I longboard a lot. If you watch my story, like longboarding is probably one of my favorite things to do. Just it's uh. And I'm like, cause I'm like six, six foot six. So like, I'm like a big dude. Oh, wow. So I get a lot of, <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of looks. People are like, man, ain't that dude too old and too big for a longboard? But like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, I, I love it. And like, it's a bunch of, old, a lot of old people here too. So like, I'll be just like, just going as fast as I can down these, like these sidewalks and these old people are like, like, just give me like these like death looks. You know, man. Close to, yeah, they're like, how dare that young boy have fun. <sighs> All so, right. Um, so what so what is your official title of like like what are you man i don't know problem solver uh you do yeah i mean i i think um if i could if i could pick a title it would be senior chief executive problem solver slash (laughs) serve servant You know, your chief executive <laughs> problem solver and servant. Servant. That's a dirty word. It can be. <laughs> not, uh, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of people want to take that. Um. Yeah. So, just you know, like I said in the um. The email, just like I mean, I, I mean, we already have like sort of a rapport with each other, and just the most important thing is just to be authentic <clears throat> and vulnerable, and like just really sharing yourself so people can see and hear, you know, what you've been through, what tools that you've learned, like what has made a difference for you in your life to get you where you are. Because I, especially, we talked about this that point when you were homeless and stuff like that. So. You know, to get yourself, I don't even want to go start get ready to get into it, but yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so I'm just gonna just get into it, just like get into the conversation. Let's 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 go. What's what's cool, like for me, is like already like talking. I mean, we had a, we're gonna have like a, 
we're gonna have like what a 20 minute phone call or something like that and turn it i think it was like i looked it was like an hour hour, hour 15 minutes and i was like dang like i didn't even i didn't even realize where the time went I so I, yeah i was like I, this, these are the conversations because like for me I, I love like relationships where it's like you know people like two people talking it's like that and then it's like oh yeah and then like you got me thinking on a subject then it like spins i think it's a those are that's, but that's what like relationships should be. Yeah, better, um, better in each other. It is better in each other, and you know, it's like for me, it's like how I develop a lot of my best friends. That's how it started off. Like, you know, um, a friend of mine who's Canadian. I remember the first time I met him was on a cruise ship, and he just came up to me, and we literally talked for five hours. I don't remember what we talked about, but it, it was just like seamless. You know, and I love those are like the best relationships to build and start off like just very seamless. I love know. it. Yeah, I love it. All right, guys. So welcome to Crazy Juicy Love Podcast, the entrepreneurial series. And I have this this wonderful six for six man. Got me, blushing, me. Got me blushing already. Oh, God. <laughs> With his tropical shirt on because he's in Florida right it's, now. It's summer all year round. <laughs> Uh, Jake Nichols, Nick, sorry, um, Senior Chief Executive Problem Solver and Servants. So thank you. Thank you so much for no, being I'm just, on the I'm, show. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So, like, okay, let's get to the real, like, what is it that exactly that you do and share with people? Because I know you're an investor. Um, so, tell me about that. Like, how did you even get into that? Because you did that at a very early age like 21 or was it before that no so yeah so from being from when i was because i was homeless like from 20 to 21 for about seven months there um and then by the time i started investing in um real estate was about two years later so mm-hmm. about 20 about 23 years old um back then and just like with anything in my life i have absolutely no idea how i even got there it was just it was one of those i feel like as we progress in life, like as we get to a, a new place, like life has that opportunity ready to go for you at that, right. at that moment, like when you're ready for it. So most of those, you know, cause everything's about relationship. Like I met people who did it and then I'm like, well, yeah, okay, I can do it. Just tell me how you did it and then I can do it. Um, but I met those people when I was, when I'd already kind of like made it past like if you almost think of like a like a video game like you made it past level one <laughs> yeah you get, you get to go to level two like, like level one took a long time like a pac-man you know I mean? <laughs> yeah i mean like then then you learn like those little like you know those tricks and things like so level one you go back you can beat it take it you know just a right. few minutes versus before it might have taken a, a lot lot longer so when i came into investing um it's just like one of those things that was just it was just there um when i was when i was ready for it all right, so what did you do prior to that? Because I know I was reading in your bio, like you became a millionaire and then you, after that, became homeless. So like what happened that led up to that moment? Well, so it was actually, it was go from, it was homeless at 20 and then um, just between having businesses. So it was like, a, I started a trash business Um then that led into like an outdoor landscaping business, mm-hmm. flipping houses, then owning a roofing business. So I was, a, I became a self-made millionaire by 25. Mm. And, uh, you know, one of my, one of the biggest things is that the, the mil- becoming that millionaire status, that was, that was where I seen my identity. And that's what I was chasing my happiness. So at 25, when I actually had reached it, 
that was when I had lost it all because I was so unfulfilled and I knew that even if I was going to make 10 million more, like I'm not going to be any happier than I am right now. And so started looking for, you know, started drinking more, started partying, um, just trying to, you know, to uh, get that fulfillment. And that's when, and then went through a divorce and then kind of had lost everything, had nine rent houses, uh, you know, had a, had a huge business and just kind of through, you know, throughout that time, it ended up, you know, ended up losing it all to, you know, making it back now. You know, I mean, it's been, it's been a while. I mean, I've made it, I've had it for a little bit. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's like kind of the journey. So it was like a slow, like slow rise, like a lot of work right. over four years, drastic drop and then huge drop again. So like you're looking at investing in stocks, you kind of look, you know. Yeah, I'm curious about that moment because, you know, one of the number one things for men that commit suicide is when they lose something so substantial like that, like they associate themselves, their identity, like what you just said, with their career, with their money. When they lose that, like a lot of men don't know what to do with themselves. So like, take me to that moment when you was dealing with your identity, when you lost all of that. And how did you like get back to yourself back on, I guess, the, in the driver's seat. Yeah. And, and so that, I mean, I, I mean, I can, I can see, well, I never really understood it before, like until you actually go through it, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, whatever you find your identity in, like, that's, that's what you put all of your stock. That's what your friends know you by. Um, and so for me at that, at that time of, of losing it all, you know, I was the guy who, you know, had bottle service all the time, you know, we go on the weekends, <laughs> spend 4,000 bucks on bottle service, which is absolutely insane. Now that I look back on it, like I would never do that again. Um, you know, and that's where I kind of had found, started finding my identity to where after losing it all, like all those friends, all those people go away and then people start mm. talking bad about you. And when I, you know, when I lost that identity, uh, I really didn't know what to, what to do at all. And I mean, it's to the point I had almost committed suicide twice, not, mm. to get too, not to get too graphic, but it was one of those things that was so disparaging to, to have lost, you know, to have lost it that I, I really had no idea what to do. And, uh, you know, to get it, to get it, you know, get back in the driver's seat, I guess, honestly, just took time. It took time of just, you know, working on myself. You know, the figuring out that like, okay, like I'm okay. Like I've got, I've got some good things going for me. Um, and really when it changed was when I, you know, adopted the mindset that I'm going to, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to figure out things that I have right now to be grateful and happy for. And after that point is when it kind of started to, to rise back up because all those lessons that I had learned from the four years to build up becoming a self-made mm -hmm. millionaire. Like now, after I finally got back on my feet, it was just, it was so much quicker to where within, within a year, I was able to make more in one year than I did in the six years oh, wow. uh, combined. So it was, uh, it's kind of one of those things like once you learn those lessons the first time, it's a lot easier that second time around. Right. And I'm curious of like, I, you know, you said something very important, like really focusing on the things that, you know, what made, you, what made you happy in that moment? Because I have a friend of mine who I, we did this transformational program. He's like, you know, he's he's sort of young. He's young. So I think he's like now 27. You know, he had his own company at by 25, 500 employees, doing really well. And he was like, I was so unhappy. Like, I have all this money, have all this car. And I, he's like, I just, you know, he realized that he was focusing on the wrong things. 
in his life. Um, and he's actually was sort of proving because his dad was successful. He was trying to prove to his dad that he can make it, he can be successful without his help. And he did, but he got so caught up in chasing that to be better or to, to win over his dad's love, basically, um, that it really messed up with his, with his head. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, was that for you? Like, were you chasing something that wasn't necessarily making you happy? Like you were trying to prove something to someone that had you in this sort of way that led to this downfall? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I could definitely, you know, resonate with, with that because for me, you know, growing up being poor, um, you know, we had, and for us, we, I moved around, we moved around every year. I never went to a school mm-hmm. more than one year. And so for me, it was always having to make new friends, always, you know, not to really having an identity. And that was my biggest thing is like, I don't know. Cause a lot of times you grow up with your friends, like you have that identity of, you know, your friends, you grow up together. But for me, it was every single year had to make new friends. And by the time you're in, you know, you're a senior in high right. school, it's, it's, it's hard. You know what I mean? Cause you're alone. You're, yeah. It's, it's very lonely. And so for me, I struggled with, um, you know, my identity and, especially with, you know, cause a lot of people get them through like sports or things that they're good at. But, you know, I went to new schools that had, didn't have the same sports that was in the year mm-hmm. before. So it was like, I never like stayed in a, stayed in a program. Oh, so yeah. it was like, so for me it was identity. And I, you know, kind of was ashamed of that. And, you know, growing up being poor, um, I was really ashamed of it. So I was, for me, it was chasing that feeling. And cause I mean, when we watch movies, like we see a rich guy and, I mean, that's like, wow, that's cool. Like, that's what I want to be. Right. So I'm curious, what, like, what were you ashamed of? Um, the fact of w- w- where I came from and I, okay. that I didn't, that I didn't know what to do. Um, I wasn't very good at school. So, mm-hmm. and I thought that's the only way you could make money was to go to college. And, um, so I, I think that was, I was ashamed of that. I didn't know who I was. And so when I started becoming successful, um, that's where I found my identity. So I was like, I was trying so hard to, you know, cement that, that I am successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being a millionaire was going to make me, was going to make me happy to where that's, that's really what I was, I was chasing. I wasn't doing it just because I was happy. And you know, those, those four years, like there's two things that make, make us truly fulfilled, which is, um, number one is progress. And number two is giving like, those mm-hmm. are the things that fulfill us as human beings. So, you know, for those first four years before I became a self-made millionaire, like I was happy because I was progressing. I see. Yeah, it's progressing, progressing. But then when I finally got the goal, all those four years that I worked, you know, that I worked right. um, so hard for, it was just like, I, w- I worked all hard for, for what, for this, you know? And mm-hmm. so I had it, you know, driving a you know, new new Porsche, um, you know, uh, houses, the big house, you know, everything that everything is going to make you happy. And it was like, I'm more, I was more, I found myself more miserable in that moment than I, mm. than I was when I lived in my car. Wow. Which is like, this doesn't for like, for a lot of people, it doesn't make, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Wow. I, I mean, I really love that. Like, cause it does, especially when you're, you know, as an entrepreneur, when you're dealing with lack of money, when your money is depleting, you're trying to chase something, you know, it does a number of you, you think it caused depression. So I'm curious of like, you know, when you started to focus on the things that made you happy, like what are some of the things you did to like really shift that for you? Because it could really be daunting from the long, like, you know, living in your car is like, you just like, 
you feel hopeless, yeah, helpless. You know,、um, like what were some of the steps that you just other like to you did or you read or you talked to or you reached out to to really like pull yourself out of all of that? Yeah, and so with you know with that it took it took me losing it all to be able to to realize that. So if if I was if I was you know talking to somebody who is going through you know something that I that I've gone through to where like what do I find you know where do I find my happiness is like when you're when you're and especially in society like we're everything's so go 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 go、yeah. like it, and we live in such a fast paced society like there's no there's no time for stopping like nobody just stops、mm-hmm. and. It's not necessarily like stop stop everything in life, but at some point, I mean, if your if your relationships are struggling,、um, like I had gone through a divorce back then, if your relationships are struggling, you know, with your kids and all, all all those things, like it's okay to just stop to get back to equilibrium, just to like figure out what's truly going to make you happy. Because you know, more money,、uh, another business, you know, all those things aren't gonna aren't gonna fulfill. Like if you're not happy now. You're not going to be happy with with more. So,、right. it, so for me, it took me to lose it all to to realize that.、Um, but I <clears throat> I wish that somebody would have,、um, and I probably wouldn't even listen honestly back then. <laughs>、um, you know, it was like once you're doing so good, like you don't feel like you have to listen to anybody.、Right. Um, but I wish that somebody would have just came, you know, came talk to me and just said, "Hey, it's okay to just just stop and you know,、yeah. rethink and figure out what you what you want and take some time off." Work because for me it became such a vicious, vicious cycle of、um, you know work so hard all day and then at night you know I was able to get past all those thoughts, all those feelings just because I'm working hard and then at night like I'm like what do I do? You know then you turn to drinking just to be able to numb、right. those numb those thoughts and then you start the next day like you wake up you know a little bit hungover and you, know, you got to drink energy drinks so it's it's just a constant.、Uh, It's a constant cycle, and you never really sit down and analyze how you actually actually feel because you don't feel like you can stop. Right, and I'm curious. I know I was reading on your bio. I was just wondering how you said something. How you start to、uh, separate yourselves from the lying voices in your head versus like what's really true and real for you, and that's something really big. You know that I, you know. Well, I coach. I you know share or try to have people to separate themselves. And Brene Brown talks about this: the lies that we tell ourselves, or the stories that we're creating in our head, versus reality.、Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, how, first of all, how did you even discover that for yourself? Like, because most people aren't really realizing that the machine in our heads are making up these stories. Especially as an entrepreneur, we believe. What the other person says, we believe that we need to do this because some other entrepreneur said this, or you know, we get so caught up in the mainstream stuff, what people say on the internet, what other、uh, factors that happen to us when we were a child, you know, because、yeah. you could easily be caught up, like growing up poor, of like somebody saying, "Oh, you're never going to be successful." So. How did you discover even separating yourself from the, the the lying voices in your head to versus what's really real and what you're going to say going to make because I'm going to make this happen because you said so. Yeah, no, and that's a, and that's a good question because as I did, you know, as I was there when I was homeless, and even before that, I had no idea how to become successful. I had no idea what it took to to run a business, and you know, didn't really. I, I knew that I wanted to be successful, but I、mm-hmm. didn't know that I. Know that I could, and I thought I had to go to college. 
And so I tried to go to one year of college and it just, it didn't work out so well. I'm not very book smart, <laughs> um, but I do read a lot now. And one of the things was reading Napoleon Hill, Thinking Grow Rich, where mm. he talks, you know, talks I love about, that book. <laughs> you know, as, as the mind can um, conceive, the mind can achieve. And through that, I thought, you know, well, if I can change my mind, I can, I can change my life. And, you know, really, because I'm a firm believer that our, our mind is programmable, like the way that we think right now has a lot to do with, you know, our past hurts, our past, mm-hmm. yep. um, you know, so many things that go on in our past. I mean, because like when you're a kid, like the opportunities in the world, you know, are endless, you know, some kid would be, well, I want to be an astronaut. I don't want to be, you know, this, whatever the opportunities are endless, but like there's hurts throughout our whole life that discourage us from becoming who we truly are. And I think that a lot of us don't get past that. Yep. And that's, and that's the key is to, to realize like, I'm not that person. And even from just changing my mind, you know, like I don't think the same way, way I even thought a year ago or two years ago. Um, so like w- we can continuously progress. But when you're talking about the lying voices, though, I think that life is designed to keep us down. Like life doesn't want to see us succeed. Right. And that's just like life and life in general. And even even other people, you know, what I mean, like you go to tell other people like your dreams. Like, hey, I want to be, you know, be successful. I'm like, hey, you ain't going to be successful because of this. You know what I mean? So even even people want to keep us down, right? Because um, our our po- our brains are programmed for us to survive and not like to keep us safe. To, yeah, keep us safe. It's like I don't want to get out there and get judged. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But like the people who put themselves out there are the people who succeed, right? And um, we, uh, for me, I'm a firm believer that like we're responsible for our we're responsible for our own life. Now, there of course there are people who. Um, you know, through sickness and illness or, you know, things that, that happen to where it's an unfair, it's unfair shot, but you know, it's like, no matter where you're at at that moment, like you have the ability to, to write a new story, to write a new destiny, um, from the path, you know, from the path that, that, that you're on. Right. I'm curious, what was your, because that is really, I love what you're saying. Cause it, it took me a while to really get that for myself. Like I am responsible for my own life. And you're responsible for your own life. Like, what was the moment that you got that I am responsible for your own life and nobody's coming to save me but me? Uh, it, I think it was when I read that when I read that book, you know, and then and I realized like in that moment that the reason I was homeless and living in my car, yes, I was 20 years old. But I mean, there's a lot of 20 year olds that are also millionaires, <laughs> too, you know right. what I mean? Like, so for me before I was, I was making up excuses. Um, you know, I came from a you know, poor family. I, you know, I'm young. Um, I moved around a lot, you know, before I was making up excuses as why I was there, which, you know, I mean, are, are all valid and legitimate, mm-hmm. but I knew that I didn't want to stay there. So if I was going to, if I was going to change my life, I had to change my mind and mm-hmm. accept responsibility from where, from where I was at, at that exact, at that exact moment. Awesome. And so if you could remember, like, what are some of the limiting beliefs that you've had to deal with and shift for yourself? Um, for for me, those limiting those limiting beliefs were, and I never felt that like I I couldn't do it, but I didn't know how to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like if somebody, you know, like say you're putting a uh, you know like a play set together, so, you know, putting any, anything together, like without those instructions, right. like you can mm-hmm. have all the pieces right there, but you have no idea. And so for me, it was having 
not having a blueprint or an idea of what it's what is life even supposed to look like what does success look like right what does owning a business look like you know what i mean for me i i thought before you know even even starting a business like how do i even start a business like i have no idea yeah you know and so it for me it wasn't it wasn't limiting that i couldn't do it because i think that most of us think that we can you know what i mean if we have the right if we have the right tools but like yeah what's that supposed to look like and so i think when i came to the realization that nobody is going to give me that blueprint that i've got to kind of create it for myself because nobody else thinks the way that i do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and i think it's for a lot of people is is nobody else cares about you as much as you care about you you know what i mean and like that's what i had to come to realize that nobody's coming to bail me out like i better do something right and i and i love that too i think you know one of my limited beliefs that i'm learning how to shift is like I'm always like, well, I need to know more information. I need to like study more. I need to like go on YouTube more and like, just like jump in. And also like, I find too, a lot of entrepreneurs is like, it's like literally the difference between being in your head and learning about it than actually having a conversation with somebody who's already been through it. Like mm-hmm. that's been like the biggest shift for me of getting out of my head and like, I need to know more and actually having a conversation with somebody who actually has done it or knows about business or who can lead me to somebody else who knows about business entrepreneurship, you know? So I'm just curious, like, you know, when you are starting to build yourself back up and being homeless, like, who did you start? Did you start to reach out to people? Did you start to build a team around yourself? Like, like what was that like for you with the people in your life? Yeah. And so, and for me, like, I'm a firm believer that on, you know, over analysis causes paralysis <laughs> to where, you know, like to where, and I, cause I really, I really, there's so much, there's so much information out there. And that's actually one of the reasons I haven't started doing, you know, more podcasts or um, writing books or things like that. Cause I feel like there's so much out there right. that like, what is, you know, what do people need to hear, hear about me for? Um, but I've, I've always been a firm believer on jump and grow your wings on the way down. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like, let's just go ahead and get started. Let's do something because each one of those things is going to progress in a more like, you know, think about on a, you got an iPhone because your texts are blue, right. <laughs> but, you know, but the, the iPhone XR, you know, that I think is, is it the XR? Uh, or, I don't whatever <laughs> but the iPhone, but the iPhone now wasn't the same iPhone as right. it was, you know, years ago. And so many times I think that we're waiting for something perfect then to yeah. put it out there. Like you're never going to have the perfect business. You're never gonna have the perfect speech. You know, you're never gonna, all those things, but it's gonna continuously progress. And so it's for me, you know, back then, like I didn't have, I didn't really, like my very first business after trash away, which was, you know, hauling people's trash from their house to their curb. Like that, that's what, that's where my mind was at. Cause I knew that, you know, if I was gonna be um, a servant, like I'd find a job. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that you, if you serve well, you live well. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna go out and meet a need. And so a lot of people are gonna think about like, you know, starting a trash business as a, as a business, like calling people's trash from their house to their curb. You know, a lot of people, when they think of being an entrepreneur, they don't think about washing people's windows, cutting yeah. people's grass. Um, there's a lot of things out there that, that can be done if you want to own your own business. Um, but, you know, for me, it was just doing something and then that progressed to, to something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I really, really love that. I mean, do you have, what's an example that, and I'm curious. I've always loved to hear this. Like, so what was the moment for you when you jumped? <laughs> you grew your wings <laughs> as you start to fall down. Yeah. Well, what's I mean, from for me, I had no choice. Like, being homeless, like 
we got it. We got to figure something out. Like I'm already at the bottom. Yeah. Like, Hey, it started (laughs) from the, from the bottom and uh, you know, but for me, for me, the moment of like kind of jumping. So I kind of eased my way into business. Um, for me, the moment of jumping was my, my very first contract on a, um, like a pergola, you know, pergola is. I've heard, I haven't heard that word in a long time some people call it a pergola it's like four four wooden beams with like like wooden slats running on top like you see like in a lot of like mediterranean it's like an okay yeah, yeah oh yeah okay and so i i ran into to somebody through my um you know the trash business and some other things that i was doing they're like hey do you know anybody that can build a, a pergola and for me I'd, I'd just been listening to some some tapes about just you know, taking opportunities like even if you don't know what to do like figure it out so it's like oh yeah i can do that for you I didn't, even know what, I, didn't even, I didn't even know what it was and i was like oh yeah i can do that for you and uh so it's like show me a picture of what you're what you're thinking because i didn't know what it was but i didn't want to give it off you know that i didn't and so they showed me a uh a picture of what they wanted and showed me the area of what, where they wanted it at and i said okay yeah i'll, I'll get you a bid on it and so I, you know, saved that picture and I took it to, um, to Home Depot and I told them like the measurements of it. And I was mm-hmm. like, how much is this wood going to cost? They gave me a price for the wood. It was like 20, 2,200 bucks for the wood. Mm-hmm. And then I knew a carpenter and I took it to him and I said, Hey, I need this built and stained and all that stuff. What's it going to cost? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'll probably do it for you know 2000 bucks. So my all in cost at that moment was $4,200. Mm-hmm. at that at that moment and so i'd always like you know looked at like how much should i charge and when i looked up you know things about other businesses said just you know double it whatever your cost is double it so like wow that's that's a lot of money because i never made this amount of money ever and so i was like okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna charge them i think it was like nine i guess nine thousand bucks mm-hmm. and so i i you know i went real quick and i got a logo made um and it was like costing like 70 bucks i got a logo made i found this app on my ipad that i could write an estimate out so i detailed the estimate put you know put the logo on there um and i put the price for i think it was like 9100 dollars. and i thought there's no way they're going to go for it but I'll, I'll go down you know if they if they want and so i came back to him and i said hey you know i can do this turnkey which in construction means like you don't have to worry about anything uh for 9100 bucks now like you know what? That sounds fair. Let's, let's go ahead and do it. And I was like, what? You gotta be kidding me. Like, <laughs> like at that, at that, at that moment I made, you know, close to, you know, close to 5,000 bucks in, in that moment. And I said, oh, boy, hey, that sounds great. Like I'm trying to like, I'm like freaking out inside and you know, trying to hide my excitement. I was like, well, you know, I need at least 50% down to get started. I'm like, okay, we'll write you a check right now. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, because that 50% wow. not only covered all of my costs, um, but also like a little bit extra, and yeah. to, you know, to where I, I was able to get it done. And I had made more in that one moment than I had, you know, in months and months combined together, just from meeting an oppor- meeting an opportunity. Wow. You know, that's, I, I really, I really love that, you know, and like, it's a real testament of how, you know, like it's like there's a phrase that one of my clients made. She's like, seize opportunities with velocity, and like just really seize in the moments. And those moments teach you our opportunities to learn and grow and expand. Like there really is no fear 
like, like it was the phrase, there's really no fear but fear itself, you know? Yeah. And, um, because it's like those moments for me, like I just like af- actually after doing the podcast with Paul, like really evaluating like my worth and like how like raising my prices mm. uh, and raising. like, yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, like I was saying to you before, one of my things, I need to know more, I need to know more, I need to know more, know more. like having these conversations with my different, different friends and different coaches and like like taking that leap, taking that risk. And even, and, and it's like funny when Paul said this, it like really clicked for me. He was like, you're going to get no's. That's just the way it is, but you don't want them. You know, you just want the one person who's going to say yes. And that's who you want. And then that's going to lead to other things. So it's like, you know, like you just took a, just taking a chance on what you created and you got a yes right away. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah, it, it really is in setting that worth because the people, the people who really want it, like they're going to pay for it. Right. Especially too, when it comes to like relationships and those kind of things, like it, that, that's the most important thing in, in our life is relationships, like money, cars, anything at all. Like you can take it all from me. Just, just don't take away my relationships. Right. And right. making people see that into where it's like, if you can, you know, if you can become better at that relationship, become a better person where more people want to be around you, like that's, that's more, that's more than anything. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm curious now, like for somebody who's where you are, um, cause I hear this all the time. Like I, and I think for me, one of like, I'm single and I struggle with like, you know, I run into guys who are like, I'm busy, have a business and all this other stuff like that and use it as an excuse. But I'm curious, like where you are, with your status, you like how how important is relationships right now, and how often do you work? How how do you prioritize your like you know you're engaged, you have a child, and other other your family with your what you're running and operating? Like how important are those relationships to in the mix? Yeah, with losing everything, you know, coming to a new sense of of life, like now it. For me, it's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like you have to like you have to realize that. And I think that so many yeah. times, like we're chasing. For me, it was like chasing this status, chasing this for so long that it's. I mean, I, I've heard like uh, drug users call it like chasing the demon, or for like yeah. I think people yeah. who like for yeah. heroin. Mm-hmm. Same thing, kind of like in entrepreneurs uh, with money. Like we're chasing this feeling that's never gonna never gonna happen. happen and what yeah. happens? What happens for a lot of people is, you know, for every single day, it doesn't you, we don't think much has changed, but when we look back, everything has. Yeah. And to where it'll go so long, to where life is so short, it gets to a point where we look back and we've lost all the loved ones. You know, we're older and we never achieved what we were actually chasing. And most a lot, a lot of my clients are um, older, and mm-hmm. you know, I ask them all the time. I said, you know, hey, what, what regrets do you have? And it's always the same thing that they wish that they had a better relationship with their children. Yeah. And for me, like that struck, like it was just so much to where it's like, no matter what dollar amount is in my bank account, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And so it's really like, really like changing that, um, focus, you know, a lot of times they say, you know, go big or go home. Uh, but for me, it's like, sometimes it's best to just go home. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, I was actually really thinking about what you just said too, before like, like full circle conversation, because I was going to ask well, this um, have you ever read um, the Untethered Soul? Because um, he talks about in the end of the book is the title it called. It's called Death, and 
he says that when you go to you ask an older person what you exactly what you just said or you go to somebody who's on their last leg in hospice like what regrets do you have and it's always about these little moments with people in their life or like being outside feeling the rain on my skin like you know um resolving that issue with my daughter with my husband and you know all these things we miss this moment but when you're chasing a demon you're <laughs> you're it's you don't see it and you don't see the impact that's happening and you always back people off or dominate people with saying well i'm busy what do you want me to do yeah hey guys so don't forget to subscribe on instagram at jimmy allen and twitter simply jimmy and don't forget to rate rate subscribe comment and share this podcast if you enjoyed it Thank you guys for joining me. This is Jimmy Allen with Crazy Juicy Love.